Coming up on What Women Want to Know. You people are following boys. You want to be following boys and following men. Yeah? You want to be following all those girls that are around kissing boys, kissing here, kissing there. You think kissing is for... Let me tell you about kissing. Kissing is when somebody brings a plate in front of you and puts all of their spit inside and asks you to drink it. I'm your host, Dr. Adana. And this is What Women Want to Know, the show where we navigate the complex, fascinating, and sometimes intimidating world of women's health and well-being. Here, we create a safe, judgment-free space where no topics are off-limits. We confront our fears, we embrace our vulnerabilities, and we find humor in the unexpected. Welcome to What Women Want to Know. Yes, we are doing this. Welcome to episode one of What Women Want to Know. On the show today, I'll be exploring my inspiration for creating this show and all you need to know to feel like you're really part of our growing community. First, let's start with my inspiration. My own journey as a woman in her 30s who has navigated life without many role models who could educate me is by far my biggest inspiration for creating this show. I'm Nigerian born, Nigerian raised, well, half Nigerian raised, half England raised and I went through all of my teenage years in Nigeria and knowing what I know now even as a woman who has birthed one of us I've just had my last child who is also my first daughter I will hate for her to go through life feeling like there is no one to turn to or she basically has to figure it out all by herself. As a woman in her mid-30s, I've gone through it all. I've gone through menstruation, pregnancy scares, pregnancies, miscarriages, sex after childbirth, nervous breakdowns, and all the things that life throws your way. And it is my personal experience that women are left uninformed about critical health issues. So again, these are the things that have inspired me to say, hey, let's have a conversation. A little bit about me. My background is in medicine. I started to be a doctor. And about five years ago, I made the decision to transition from clinical medicine to entrepreneurship. It wasn't a decision that I intentionally made. I feel like it happened by accident. And the story is that when I was pregnant for my second child, Tobena, it was a twin pregnancy and I had lost one of the babies. And this was happening after an early miscarriage as well. And so being considered very high risk in that pregnancy, my obstetrician advised me to sit at home. And she said, Adana, if you don't want to lose the other baby, sit at home, take time off work and make sure that you're well and you take care of yourself and this baby. And that would have been the first time in all of my adult life that I had time off work. 
Prior to that, it was go, go, go through high school, through my first degree, biomedicine, through medical school. It was just go, go, go. I operated in very high pressured environments. And so this was a whole new world for me being at home. My first child, Namdi, was at creche during the day. David, my husband, was at work. So it was just me, my growing baby and my thoughts. And so I was bored and thought, okay, I'm just going to start a business. What's the thing that I'm passionate about? What's the thing that people ask me a lot about? And, you know, we have time now to give them answers and ultimately turn into a business. And that was Medics Abroad. That was the first experience into entrepreneurship. I launched Medics Abroad where we created all-inclusive packages for clinical work experience in Africa and we advertised it to medical students all around the world and I'm giving you this background history to say that I never went back to medicine long story short I just never did because I really enjoyed entrepreneurship so much it was successful actually I tell a lie I did go back to medicine only for a few more years, I think one or two more years. And then when I realized that in this four walls of the hospital, my creativity was limited. My freedom of expression was limited. I was overworked. I was underpaid and I wasn't seeing my kids as much as I wanted to. And whilst all of this was happening, Medics Abroad was still very much running and successful. So I made a decision to take a few years off clinical practice, grow the business, maybe exit, maybe get people in the driver's seat, and then I'll come back to clinical practice. And here we are today, five years down, I've still not gone back. And one of the frequently asked questions I get is, are you ever going to go back to medicine? And I used to say yes. I remember that the first couple of years I said, yes, of course I'll go back to medicine. In the last two years, I said, well, we'll see. I think I might, but you know, it's medicine. I always have my degree. I'll always have my qualification so I can always go back. And in the last year, the answer is no, I will not go back to medicine because I'm enjoying life as it is right now. I have the flexibility of creating work on my own terms and seeing my kids. This is not to say that if you have the desire to be a physician or a surgeon that you're not going to have a life or you're not going to have all these beautiful experiences with your kids. It's very subjective. Some people find a way to make it work. For me, this is what works. Anyway, my entrepreneurship journey has led me here. And fast forward, my latest venture is launching this podcast. As a YouTube creator who's been on the platform now for nearly 10 years, I've enjoyed the journey that has led me here and I've enjoyed the experience of building a community of women. How do I know they're mostly women? Because you get the backend data and I can see on the backend that 98% of the subscribers on all of my platform are women. Interacting with all these women over the years, there's so many questions that are very recurring. It's usually around, you know, pregnancy, childbirth, breastfeeding, motherhood, 
work, confidence, self-development, raising children. I get all of these women-specific questions, even about relationships as well. So all of you that have been here for a while know that the platform started off as Adana and David. Um, it was a, very much a couple platform. And so I did get a lot of questions about relationships sex in relationships, finances in relationships, all of these beautiful questions that women want to know the answers to. So I sit here knowing fully well that as women, we are all on our individual journeys. Some people are ahead of us on this path. Some people are behind us on this path, but no path is the same. We all have our unique experiences and this is why I feel very passionate about sharing these experiences because it might help someone knowingly or unknowingly. So in this show, I want us to explore the mysteries of menstruation, motherhood misconceptions, sexual wellness, the silent struggles, everything that we go through as women. I want us to celebrate the triumphs. I want us to talk about the failures. I want us to embrace the vulnerabilities and I want us to be very open. I want us to debunk all of the myths and feel very empowered knowing that, hey, your experience might be unique, but other women are going through the same thing in different forms. In this podcast, I will mostly be in conversation with brilliant women in my network and ultimately outside of my network. I also hope that you as a listener one day will make it as a guest on this show so that we discuss your unique experience or expertise within the realms of women women's health and well-being. Before episode one, it's me alone introducing the podcast and I'd love to take the opportunity to go a bit deeper into my own personal story. What women want to know. So let's start with menstrual health. One of my earliest experiences, as with most women, will be the joys of experiencing menstruation for the first time. You know, period health. Like I said, I was born in Nigeria. I grew up in Nigeria and I personally did not feel like these conversations were openly had. I don't think that they were explored enough to make a young girl feel very confident. Most of you who have followed me on YouTube or any of the other platforms will know that I have an identical twin sister. And so we were in high school together in boarding school. And I remember waking up on this very day, March 1st, a day before my 12th birthday. I went around that day and I remember at some point, just before midday, feeling something very weird in my knickers, right? I felt like, okay, something feels really, really weird. I'm going to run to the bathroom to have a look. And obviously <laughs> I was introduced to my period, right? Without any warning, no sign, nothing. I didn't have any cramps, no pain, nothing. I just had this very thick bloody discharge in my knickers and I remember that my first feeling was shame I felt very embarrassed I literally had no idea what to do next so the first person I shared that experience with was my best friend and a little insight that my twin sister and I have always shared the same best friend some people might think it's weird we don't think it's weird we're essentially the same people <laughs> The best friend we had at the time is not the best friend we have now. 
our best friend now has been our best friend for the last maybe 13 or 14 years. Anyway, rewind to this best friend that we shared at the time. I went to her and I said, hey, you know, something weird has happened. I've just found, you know, this blood in my knickers. She was a bit, a bit older than we were. So and she, I think she's gone through her own period. I didn't even bother asking. I think having that conversation with her made me feel less embarrassed. I didn't also know that maybe about the same time or earlier than I experienced that or later I really don't even know but turns out that my twin sister saw her period on the same day and thought the best person to confide in was our best friend so she went and she told this same best friend hey I've just experienced something weird there's this bloody discharge my kids and the next thing that happened was so funny. So I just remembered being in my room and she walked in and pulled both of us together. And she said, hey, okay, I think you two need to talk because Adana, you've just told me something. Adama, you've just told me something. Both of you are experiencing the same thing at the same time. Basically, both of you are on your period. So you need to talk about it. <laughs> I mean, it's funny now. At the time, it wasn't funny. It was really like, oh my God, this is so awkward. The next day was visiting day. So my mom came. We told her that we, we started seeing her period. And, you know, she made this big deal out of it. Oh my God, my daughters are now women. Oh my God. <laughs> so anyway, that's my menstruation story in a nutshell. Prior to that, I didn't think that I got enough education. I mean, we live in a world now that we're very connected. We have access to information at our fingertips. And whilst that's a blessing, I think that there's a lot of cons to that as well because if unfortunately you stumble across the wrong information that obviously shapes you up for failure in my opinion take sex for example i read recently that on average young people discover pornography at the age of 11 and imagine discovering that at such a young age when you've not even experienced sex for the first time imagine a world we live in if sex and your idea of sex is shaped by a whole industry whose mission it is to make money imagine what pressure that puts on women imagine what pressure that puts on men on young boys and young girls and the same goes for every other aspect of women's health whether it's menstruation whether it's pregnancy abortion miscarriages sexual well-being mental health all of these things that are not openly talked about or generally considered taboos let us have open dialogues about this let's share our experiences let's learn from our mistakes and let's feel very confident to navigate this life because after all there is no manual the manual that we have to navigate this life as women and to navigate it successfully really lies deeply in the stories that we're willing to share and the dialogues that we're willing to have what women want to know So how can you feel more like a part of this community? I'm introducing a segment in every episode called What Women Want to Share. And this is where you, as the listener, share your wildest scares, triumphs, defeats, or humor. And I read it out on the show and I comment on it. So in this episode of What Women Want to Share, I'll go first. And I want to share my very first experience of kissing a boy. 
Now, at the end of this story, you can decide whether this is a scare, a triumph, a defeat, or humor. So, fun fact, I didn't have my first kiss until very much into my teenage years. And I'm not even talking 13, 14. I'm talking 17, 18. Why? Because I had a phobia. I was literally terrified and traumatized by the idea of kissing another human being. And I'm going to share a story about how that phobia came about. So when we were teenagers, of course, I mean, growing up in a Nigerian home is just an experience in itself. We weren't allowed to go out much. We weren't allowed to really socialize. Like my parents, as as well as I think most Nigerian parents felt that the best way to keep your children safe was to keep them at home. Because obviously if they could see you, they could monitor what you were doing. I mean, would I do that now for my children? No. Thankfully, I turned out okay. (laughs) But I remember being on holiday once and friends of ours had this birthday bash, as we called it then. And so we took permission from my parents, from my mom, that we wanted to go to this party. She gave us a curfew of 6 p.m. Like 6 p.m., we should be back at home. Unfortunately, we didn't meet the curfew. We came back home at 6.15 and all hell broke loose. I'm telling you, it was not tolerated well. Again, in typical Nigerian parent fashion, my mom just went in. She was like, what are you doing outside? All of you coming back home late. Huh? What are you doing outside? You people are following boys. You want to be following boys and following men. Yeah? You want to be following all those girls that are around kissing boys, kissing here, kissing there. I was like, what? the hell and again it was my experience that when your nigerian parents are going in on you it's a monologue it's not a dialogue you are not allowed to say anything so we were quiet just to them my mom was going in and she goes let me tell you you think kissing you think kissing is fun bear in mind this woman has not even asked us are you 15 minutes late because you were out there kissing someone because of course the answer is no i was not out there kissing someone and she goes you think kissing is fun let me tell you about kissing kissing is where somebody brings a plate in front of you and puts all of their spit inside and asks you to drink it this is what kissing is i was like Oh my God, this is disgusting. I never, ever want anybody near my mouth or my lips in my whole life. So needless to say that that trauma or that phobia really stuck with me for years down the line until I was getting on, what, 17, 18? That was the first time. Let's not even talk about sex. <laughs> Let's not. I mean, if I didn't even kiss anybody then, do you think I was having sex? The answer is no. But on another episode, I will share with you my first sexual experience. You're going to have to stay tuned for that one. What women want to know. So I'm very excited to explore all of the topics around women's health and well-being on this show. Now, if you've enjoyed listening to this episode, then wait until the next. We'll be stepping into the intricate world of fertility treatments and the extraordinary journeys that couples embark on to expand their families. We're going to delve into the heartbreaking reality of unequal access to fertility treatments and the innovative 
sometimes jaw-dropping solutions that people are finding to overcome these hurdles. Have you ever heard of using an app to find a sperm donor, meeting that donor in a car park, taking that sperm home and using a turkey baster for insemination. These are the lens that people are going through to expand their families. We're going to dive into that conversation with the next guest. A big thank you to you for tuning into the show. While you're here, please leave a review. Let me know what conversations you would love to explore on this show and let me know what guests you want me to invite on the show as well. Don't keep us a secret. Share what we may want to know with your network share it with your mothers your sisters your best friends share it to every woman and share it with the men in your life as well because whilst we democratize access to this information and have this very open dialogue we want the men involved as well although this show is for women it's not only about women because we need men to also have the mindset shift to also have access to this information that makes the world a better place for both us and for them So that's our show for today. Remember, your health matters and it's okay to talk about it. Until next time, I'm Dr. Adana and this is what women want to know.